Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 537th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour, to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms as well, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week was the Detroit Lions comeback win yesterday to go 8-2 and two for the first time in forever as they roar into the traditional Thanksgiving Day game, hosting the Packers with genuine national interest. Uh, For my money, they're really pretty much the story of the year, given their history. Uh, They've never been to a Super Bowl. They're clearly one of the uh, founding franchises, so to speak. And what they're doing is, uh, I believe, captured the football world's Fancy, to put it mildly. Uh, Jared Goff has just been terrific, which I personally am just thrilled to see because I just thought his exit out of the Los Angeles and whatnot, trade for Matt Stafford, uh, you, you know, didn't work, wasn't, didn't appear to be the best at the time for him, but he has made the most of this opportunity. He owns that team, uh, and he's turned into a very, very good leader. Uh, so yesterday, you know, he needed to bring him back. They had, uh, you know, their hands full with the Chicago Bears, who kind of led the throughout the game uh, in Detroit, by the way, at Ford Field. And Aiden Hutchinson put the game away. The former Michigan product stayed home, so to speak, was drafted home by the hometown team, shall we say, and is just a force uh, on defense, to say the least. And he uh, he put the game away with a late game uh, fumble, force fumble that he kicked out of the end zone. Anyway, it's just nice to see them getting the love they're getting well-deserved and number two seed right now in the NFC. Uh, behind, I believe, the Eagles. And, uh, and you know, Thanksgiving Day me in the world of football means Detroit Lions hosting. And here they are, uh, you know, with people who haven't tuned in. They're certainly going to be tuning in. Uh, 
at noontime to see what they're all about as they sit there with the gaudy eight and two record. And of course, we, I personally watched the hard knocks. I think we all got to know Dan Campbell, the coach and what he's all about. And he is uh, a character to put it mildly. He's a guy that I think is pretty easy to root for, <clears throat> uh, you know, old time football attitude, shall we say. And, uh, He's got that team planned for him, uh, and we saw the beginnings of it with Hard Knocks a couple of years ago, and uh, he's brought his vision to fruition of what he hoped this team would be. So they'll have the stage to themselves starting at early afternoon on Thanksgiving Day, traditional football slot of uh, the highest level, <laughs> and, uh, and it's going to be fun. And it reminds me that growing up uh, in Altoona, Pennsylvania, one of the great athletes in the history of the town was a gentleman named Ed Flanagan, who became the center for the Detroit Lions in the 1960s, early 70s. Uh, terrific player. And on Thanksgiving Day, which back in the day was the only time we would get to see the Lions, uh, our, our small town uh, in Western PA, uh, basically came to a halt because it was the one day of the year where we were guaranteed to be able to see, uh, the Detroit lions and, uh, favorite son, Ed Flanagan play. So it's always been a game, uh, uh, that has my attention every Thanksgiving day, early afternoon. Well, my low light of the week, sticking with Pennsylvania or the Pennsylvania roots, at least, uh, my low light of the week was the Pittsburgh Steelers giving up a last-minute game-winning drive to first-time rookie starter Dorian Thompson-Robinson out of UCLA, which allowed the Cleveland Browns to beat them 13-10. to uh, The Steelers came into the game. Of course, Dorian Thompson-Robinson was filling in for Deshaun Watson, whose uh, season is over. So uh, Steeler fans are feeling pretty good about going into Cleveland and winning this one. And the Steelers are surprising everybody by being six and three. You, well, but at the same time being outgained by basically every one of their opponents, it's like uh, a historical NFL mark. And yet, you know, I'm watching that game and it's tied 10, 10 when Cleveland gets the ball. And I'm thinking, you know, after the offense failed again, the Steeler offense, when they had the ball with a few minutes to go to, uh, to mount anything, mount any scoring drive, shall we say? Uh, so anyway, I mean, the Steelers got to six and three shocking everybody by making defensive plays at the end of games to win game winning game-breaking defensive play. So I think everybody, given they were going up against a first-time rookie starter, pretty much assumed, <laughs> wrongly so, that the Steelers were going to come up with another play. Typically, T.J. Watt is often in the middle of all that uh, or interceptions by the secondary, and it just didn't happen, and they got down the field, Cleveland, and beat them on a last-second field goal. So... Uh, very, very disappointing. And then the offense, as we know, and offensive coordinator Matt Canada has been under fire pretty much all year long for the offensive issues with the Steelers. Uh, George Pickens, the uh, stud wide receiver, uh, he's not getting many catches. Uh, but running back Najee Harris, 
Uh, had some post-game comments that seemed to reference uh, the offensive struggles, and uh, and that kind of, I think, caught a lot of people off guard. It certainly did me. Uh, this type of stuff doesn't typically happen with the Steeler, within the Steeler organization, and uh, and Najee Harris is not someone you would have thought would be a person to reference. Uh the offensive struggles, but that's what happens. So that bears watching, no doubt about it. Mike Tomlin is the coach, and if anybody can handle it, whether it's him or George Pickens, who's uh, expressed his unhappiness with uh, with not getting the ball as much as he would like, um, we'll see how Mike Tomlin handles it. And I can't think of a better person to handle it. Um, my bizarre story of the week was. Los Angeles Chargers coach Brandon Staley uh, pretty much going off in the post game where the Chargers lost again uh, with their talented QB, of course, uh, Justin Herbert, as we all know. And he was asked a question about the defense, and he, he comes from a defensive background, and uh, and he just wasn't having it. That's for sure. He did not like the question. He said he doesn't want to hear that question anymore. The Chargers are now four and six. Uh, they had some injuries yesterday and uh, not trending in the right direction. And Brandon Staley, most well known for being an analytics guy who often goes for it on fourth down, no matter where the ball was at on the field, um, which I kind of like. <laughs> um, to be honest, um, but he's an interesting coach, and he clearly uh, was expressing some frustration, uh, didn't like the question, and made it clear he doesn't want to hear that question again uh, on the defense, seemingly not being able to really put it all together. They have some great players, Joey Bosa, who I believe was injured yesterday, uh, Derwin James in the secondary, uh you know, but they just uh, seem to be losing these one-score games with uh, with regularity. Um, other points of interest: C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans won again. He is uh, he he had some picks yesterday, threw some picks yesterday, but they won. That's really all that matters. And he is just having a, a rookie year for the ages, uh, shocking everybody. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, since I'm down here in the Tampa Bay area, they, uh, no surprise, lost to the 49ers and, uh, you know, played a pretty good game. I mean, you know, the 49ers have blown a few people out this year, as we know, but, uh, you know, to their credit, the Bucks hung with them, uh, made a game of it. But, you know, as expected, the 49ers came away with the victory and, uh, so that was uh, a little disappointing. Tampa Bay, fast start. Then they lost a few in a row. They won last week, but lost yesterday. Again, not unexpected. It would have been quite a uh, feat to go into the uh, into San Francisco, Santa Clara, to where the stadium is, and win that game. But uh, but weren't able to do it. So they're just a little up and down. But they have the good fortune of being in uh, 
that division, <laughs> which is uh, the NFC South, where somebody's going to win it. And not a strong division, obviously. And whoever wins that division, and the Bucks are still in the hunt for sure, uh, is going to host a home playoff game, period. That's the way it works. So everybody's still clinging to that down here in the Tampa Bay area. So now let's take our break, and we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms as well, where they discuss the SEC, CFB, college football, and other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time here on voiceamerica.com as humans we suffer when we believe we are not good enough we are taught we must be better look better try harder and achieve more we cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness we don't have to live this way you don't have to live this way Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom. Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. 
or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms as well, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and other sports as well. And A.P., how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing very well, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Our pleasure, as always. Great to talk to you. And uh, as I mentioned to you earlier, AP, uh, saw you on national television at the conclusion of the USC-UCLA game, uh, post-game interviews, and you were on the field right behind the interviewer, and I believe it was Coach uh, Chip Kelly of U- U- the victorious UCLA Bruins. And AP, I have to ask, I, I think this is your first ever USC-UCLA game that you've covered or attended, and uh, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm guessing it's a bucket list item, right? If I'm correct, that it's your first. Yes, yeah, I, I was really uh, pleased to attend the, and cover the game. And what happened, John, the circumstances, I was at the Pac-12 Media Day in Las Vegas oh, okay. in July, and uh, I had interviewed Lincoln Riley, and we were discussing the team, and he I asked him about that game. He said, why don't you come out? And so I, I took him up on his invitation. Wow. Doesn't get any better than that. Oh, my goodness. That's great. I, I know you had told me that, but I'd kind of forgotten. That's the background to this specific game. And AP, you know, it, it's just a glamour game. There's no other way to say it. When I was a kid growing up and on the East Coast, uh, probably the same for you. I would every year, this time of year, watch that game when we're going back into O.J. Simpson and Mike Garrett and Gary Beban, for gosh sakes, uh, you know, and all the great yeah, players sure. and the and watching in beautiful weather, the whole thing, sort of like the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. It was a don't-miss game growing up, period. Yeah, in the blimp. I saw the blimp. Was that the ball game as well? So that was the final touch of all the things I remember. Of course, this is the uniform <laughs> so game where UCLA is wearing their blue and USC is wearing their cardinal, cardinal yep. gold, and UCLA is wearing their blue and white, and, and uh, sometimes they have the yellow as well, I think. But uh, so, yeah, the first one I remember, John, and we'll date ourselves here, but uh, that O.J. Simpson game, he's a junior, made that 64-yard zigzag Bingo. Uh, touchdown run. Uh, 21-20, Gary Beeman won the Heisman Trophy that year. O.J. Simpson came in second. It was a fabulous yep. game. And they blocked a kick at the end. You still had a chance to win, if I recall correctly. An all-time classic college football game. There's not many plays where you instantly can say the yardage. But 64-yard run no. is something that everybody remembers, <laughs> certainly. If you wouldn't have said it, I would have said it. Because uh, I know it. Everybody right, knows right. it. <laughs> and you, you mentioned the uniforms, AP, and, you know, I don't know if there's any game in all of college football that features a better set of uniforms from both teams than those. I've always loved both. Uh, it caught my eye, like you just said, that neither team was wearing white. They were both wearing their dark jerseys, kind of quasi-home jerseys, if you will. And I thought that was cool. Caught my eye, like I said. And uh and yeah, and oh, by the way, it featured the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, 
Williams, of course, the transcendent uh, quarterback. But shockingly, the Trojans have lost, what, four in a row now, is it? Uh, it's got to be something like that, John. It's a big number, it's, very it's, disappointing for this team. Have a Heisman Trophy quarterback returning. He thought that they would be in contention. I, I, at least I did. I thought they'd be in contention for, at a very minimum, the uh, ability to play in the Pac-12 championship game. Absolutely. And at the beginning of the year, they, I thought they were in contention for, you know, potential national championship. And they got off to a fast start, by the way, uh, as I remember. Right. Um, not perfect, but, you know, fast. And they were what we expected. Um but boy, it's just gone south here in a hurry. And, you know, it's all about the defense. Um, they're just giving up something like 40 points a game, which is just like almost hard to fathom. Um, so it's not being necessarily laid at the feet of Caleb, but yet they're not winning. And that's a problem. To say the least. And no, even I, UCLA. I, 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 yeah, I, I see a long-term problem there at the moment, John. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to revamp the program by next year. Right. They're going to have to get a lot better defensively. You will not have the Heisman Trophy quarterback. Absolutely. So that means offensively, I don't, can you be better? Can you be better without the Heisman Trophy quarterback? Well, that's it. That's it. I mean, On he's offense. won a lot of games. You know, he's won a lot of shootouts. And when I think of yeah, USC. He won the game himself personally. Yeah. Really brought totally. Back. Yeah. Yeah. When I think of USC games this year and, to a large degree last year, the, the word, the, the instant thought is shootouts. And like so much so, they're like fun to watch. You know, I know I'm going to see a lot yes. of offense if I tune into a USC game from both teams, in other words, <laughs> USC and whoever they're right. playing. Um, well, AP, I'm glad you got to see it. was the Coliseum, right? The game was at the Coliseum. Coliseum, LA Memorial uh, Coliseum was the home yeah. game for the Trojans, yes. Fabulous venue, uh, historic, uh, uh, you, you know, just put it mildly. And uh, that's great. I, I mean, as much as I love the Rose Bowl and I've been to a Rose Bowl, you know, it's sort of like the Army-Navy game. If I'm going to see an Army-Navy game, I want to see it in Philly. And if I'm going to see a USC-UCLA game, which I hope to someday, I want to see it at the Coliseum. Nothing against the Rose Bowl, which I love, but that, that just feels like – because back in the day, AP, that's where they – played the game every year yeah. no matter what there was right. didn't matter who was home <coughs> well yeah. it was a big crowd saturday john it's a big crowd uh it took a while to fill in all the seats but you could see all the cardinal and the blue mixed in together right. and very the colorful bands were there of course i love that that's part of the pageantry and the song girls from UCLA, usc and ucla cheerleaders it was, it was fabulous yeah oh legendary all of it all of it is just, again, just legendary, no doubt about it. Um, especially, you know, let's face it, when you're growing up in the East Coast watching that game every November, you're like envious because it's beautiful weather and glamorous. Yes. It's a glamour It's a glamour game, glamour rivalry. It is. It really is, John, yeah. You, you, and you could see the mountains in the background and the sky came uh, turned blue. It was like it's slightly overcast, but the sun did come out that day and the yeah. weather was... Uh, perfect. It was. Well, <laughs> welcome to California, right? Um, yeah. Well, well, good for you. I, I'm glad you got to go, and, and I'm glad it turned out to be as great as you would have expected. So that is awesome and good for you. And uh, 
And again, you made TV. You you were quite visible to me. I instantly recognized you, and you got probably three to five seconds of airtime, <laughs> like full screen. <laughs> Trust me. Um, so, AP, so much to take down, some old, some new, you know? I mean, I, I guess we'll start with the new, but we, we have to, you know, reference things that have occurred in the last couple weeks. Uh, right. I have to just start with Jimbo Fisher being let go by uh, Texas A&M, $75 million payout. Uh, that was a shocker, I think, for anybody and everybody, um, the timing. Um, but you, the, the the figure is so eye-catching that you, it just stops you kind of dead in your tracks. And I realize the story's yeah. you know over a week old, but it bears mentioning yeah. Yes, John. Sure, for sure. For a, for, for a couple of reasons, uh, I would say, number one, that buyout we thought Gus Malzahn at twenty one, twenty two million in Auburn was uh, astronomical. Uh, yes, I mean, this is his poor cousin. You know, Gus Malzahn is Jimbo Fisher's <laughs> poor cousin now. It's seventy three sure times over three times the amount, right? So is every other fired coach in history, it seems. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. So, and how do you end up with a contract where you're paying somebody $76 million to stay home? How, did, how does, how do you look people in the eye who follow Texas A&M? You're the board of trustees, president, director of athletics. How do you look them in the eye and say, oh, this was a great contract? Oh, I know. Plus, if I'm not mistaken, they signed him to a big contract and then gave him an extension a couple of years ago. Am I right about right, that? Right. That's right, even yeah, because, extra crazy. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he was flirting with I think LSU at the time or something. Right. My, my feeling is, I, my feeling is that, that I feel strongly. I think you, you're disrespecting your college and university when you're saying that we are so fearful of this one individual leaving our university, even though we have millions to offer the next person. Correct. That no one that is of value will apply for the position. Right. Right. It's a unique could, position, you, you know. How could you feel that way? I know. I know. It's it's all very mystifying, to put it mildly. And that's why it was such stunning news. Uh, a lot of it having to do with the fact it was the timing, in season. It wasn't like, right. you know, they weren't owing whatever. You know, they were competitive, but clearly not what they're looking for. The AD or whomever, their spokesman there said as much. He said they're not in the national conversation, period. And he's right about that. I will say that. And that's where they want to be. And yeah. He didn't get them there, and that's the end no. of that. Um, no, and, yeah. and it gets tougher for the next person with Texas and Oklahoma coming on board. Oh, no doubt about it. Yes, right. Now they're going to have, and, like, Texas yeah. teams, well, t Texas, Oklahoma, joining them in the SEC. So it sort of, uh, you know, puts even more of a spotlight on them and where they are, whether they really are going to be in the national conversation and resurrects those rivalries within the same league now, next year. So it's it's going to be crazy to watch, but boy, that, that was, I guess nothing shocks us anymore in college football or college sports in general, no. but uh, no. No. But boy, oh boy, that, that that just really caught a lot of people off guard, no doubt about it, including, I'm assuming, yeah, Jimbo no. himself. No, no, when you, when you realize that 
I witnessed the last Pac-12 matchup between UCLA and USC, and they're traveling to the uh, Big Ten next year to play Ohio go. State and Michigan and Michigan State and Iowa and Penn State and all these other teams, Wisconsin and uh, Indiana and uh, Nebraska. Nothing will surprise you. Ever. I don't think ever again, John. Ever again. And I'm si- glad you said that, okay. AP. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because it just you saying that reminds me that you saw the last ever USC UCLA game of, as we've all known it for what feels like a hundred years, certainly through our lifetime and well beyond. Yes. So good for you. Yes. So what you saw was historic, no doubt about it. The last time they met as Pac-12 foes, amazing. Yes. Yeah. So one to remember. And- Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, very unfortunately. Uh, and as we go to break here, I have to say, you know, how ironic to AP, you can relate, you're there. Uh, how ironic that in the year that they Pac-12 basically falls apart is the year that they are the best conference in the country in college football, period. There's, there's no question about it. Yeah. Uh, I feel it. Yes, they do. Over the course of the season, you know, it may not turn out that way. And we're not talking who's going to make the final four right. and all that. We're just talking no, no. week in, week out since the beginning of the season. They've, you, you know, they've been the best conference, I feel. Um, so we shall see. But AP, we do need to go to our first break here. So why don't we take that? Still a lot more to get to on the other side and uh, including... Jimbo Fisher's old team, Florida State, and uh, and just heartbreaking news, news coming out of that game. And we'll get to that on the other side, so don't go anywhere. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Variety Channel. We're celebrating all things outdoors this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav with amazing pursuits of monster bull elk, pronghorn, and mule deer, plus catching trophy-sized catfish and exploring new rifle scope offerings. Joining the boys is Melissa Bachman from Winchester Deadly Passion, the intrepid cat daddy, and his main squeeze, Mrs. Bunny. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It. Heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms as well, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and other sports as well. And A.P., we spent last segment talking about you covering the USC-UCLA game in L.A., where you're still at as we speak, and also referenced uh, the Jimbo Fisher $75 million buyout uh, at Texas A&M, but reminded me, AP, given his Jimbo's roots at Florida State, uh, heartbreaking situation on Saturday night. I happened to be watching live when they showed the highlight of quarterback Jordan Travis of undefeated Florida State, uh, apparently breaking his leg. I haven't heard the results, but every indication uh, his season's over and he left and was loaded onto the cart with an air cast. And that, that was just a, a, a solemn, somber scene, uh, to put it mildly. And I think the entire college football world just feels so bad for the guy. He was having a season for the ages. John, I saw him play the very first game against LSU. He was on fire that night. As the really? receivers, they were a strong team. I was really impressed with them defensively as well. They had some people on the D-line that were able to disrupt people up the middle, on the edges. Good, pretty good secondary linebackers were mobile. Um, I like that team a lot. and yes. He can run himself. And I've seen him play twice because I saw both LSU games <laughs> open the season last year and this year. So... Yeah, he's he's done with his career, sixth-year senior, Jordan Travis. um, Yeah, so now they have a quarterback that's played. He's been there, I think, four years. Correct. Played five games, threw for over 500 yards. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, you never know. I mean, they were given the example I heard uh, on somewhere where I was watching about, you know, Cardell Jones, famously the third-string quarterback of Ohio State that ended up leading them to the national championship. I think he won their quarterbacks were injured and I think he won the big 10 championship game and then rolled out and, you know, in the first ever beat Alabama college football beat playoff Alabama in the sugar bowl. I was there. Oh, right. Right. And I was at the national championship game where they beat Oregon. Uh, Oregon. Ezekiel Elliott Oregon. went ran Oregon. wild. Oregon. 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 
fir- the first ever college football playoff national championship game. So we all remember Cardell Jones. Uh, yeah, you know, a Cinderella story. Get, get, yeah, get the ball to the right people. You're fine. Absolutely, absolutely. So, AP, anything is possible, especially in the world of college football. Uh, for instance, where your head coach can go into Penn State and basically dominate them with your head coach uh, in a hotel down the street, as opposed to being on the <laughs> sidelines. Of course, I'm talking about Jim Harbaugh. And uh, uh, they, they had uh, a tough time with Maryland over the weekend, but bottom line with Jim Harbaugh, yeah. Harbaugh sidelined from the sidelines, uh, you know, they're 2-0. and But here comes the big one, Saturday against Ohio State, obviously, and he will still, it's from Ann Arbor, but Jim Harbaugh will not be on the sidelines again. He accepted his three game suspension try basically putting the matter to bed i believe and but still a bit of a shocker right ap that he accepted the treatment or the suspension yes maybe you know i'm sure there was a lot of lawyers involved in trying to discuss a remedy and resolution that would let everyone move on so i think the nca is still investigating but i mean if you already have served the three game suspension especially those three games at the end of the season the toughest ones how, how are you going to penalize them anymore? Correct. Correct. Uh, I, I, th- this is a case where... It would look punitive, right? It would look punitive, John, wouldn't it not? Yes. AP, this was totally... When I heard the news, which I think was pretty shocking to everybody, uh, I was really happy because I felt this is one that college football just needed to put behind it. Period. You know, get on with the games. You know, the stage is set for one of the games of the year, as it is every year. And uh, National championship at stake, college football playoff at stake. This Saturday at noon from Ann Arbor, uh, you know, the fact that Michigan's at home probably played a little bit into the decision. To me, it says the Wolverines like their chances of winning this game without Jim Harbaugh. They're at home, yeah. Yeah, he's got 110,000 of his best friends, or close to (laughs) it anyway. A few Ohio State fans in there, but yeah. The coach will be supported by all those people. And Indeed. so the team at this point, John, really, it's performance, execution. Call the play. Don't, I don't care what the play is. I'm sure that I'm sure this, if I was the coach, the motivational speech was, and I remember Coach Bryant making this speech when they were playing Tennessee, I think, and he was saying something like, if John blocks, we block. And that was John Hanna at the time. And he was if Terry runs, <laughs> well we said. run. Terry Davis was the quarterback. I mean, yeah. if um, – you know, uh, if uh, I think it was Wilbur Jackson, if Wilbur Jackson runs, we run. So just get a unifying type speech. Correct. Correct. And this and team is highly motivated. No, don't care what the play is. Just call it. Run it. Exactly. And run it they do. I think they finished up the Penn State game with 30 straight runs or something like that, which is yeah, just th- crazy. Thirty-four. It, some, that, that number comes to mind, John. Imagine that 34 straight times. and. College football, 2023, and it's not right. Air Force or Army right. or it's, Navy. It's, it, right, it's in Beaver Stadium, and Penn State's one of the top teams against the rush in all of college football, and they just ran all over them. I mean, I, I couldn't yeah. have been more impressed with what Michigan did. Yeah. Uh, and so they're a great team. They have a great defense. J.J. McCarthy's an excellent quarterback. Uh they look ready, AP. Uh, dare I say, I was probably, after the Penn State game, thinking like, well, they look really unbeatable. They have that championship look, I like to call it. But then Maryland, yeah. 
Maryland and to his little brother, gave him all they could handle, right? So that was right. Yes. intriguing. Yes, the game before, your rival game, that's always dangerous. Correct. And the game after, like the sandwich game. Right. That's for, right. From the emotion of that Penn State game. I think that was a, a very emotional game. First game, Harbaugh was not on the sidelines, and it was a, quite the swirl, yeah. shall we say, in State College yeah. that day with Harbaugh on the tarmac, all of it. It was great intrigue. <laughs> you know, right. injunction, requested, stuff like that. It's crazy. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, hats off to Michigan uh, against Ohio State. I mean, it, what can you say? It's, you know, yeah. probably the best rivalry in all of college football right there with Alabama, Auburn. I mean, top. it's it's among the top handful, put it that way. No need to rank them. But, yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun. Noon. I, I kind of like the starting time, which was the same time as the Michigan-Penn State game. I, I Nothing like kicking off the day with some games like those. That's for darn sure. Um, yeah, right off the top. Yeah, you get ready. Right off the top. 11 o'clock Central, 12, 12 Eastern, 10 Mountain, and 9 Pacific. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I guess if I had to pick one thing that I'm most curious about in this game, there's a lot to be curious about. Can Michigan's great defense stop Marvin Harrison Jr., who is just, we knew he was going to be a force. He's easily in the conversation as simply the best college football player in the nation, period. Forget quarterback or any of that. A lot of good receivers this year, John. A lot of good receivers. Yeah, there are. There are. No doubt about it. But this guy is special. And everybody says he's Yeah, he's living up to the expectations for his, you know, final year there. And I mean, uh, his expectations were off the charts and he has lived up to them. And in fact, maybe even exceeded them, which is saying something. He took over the Penn state yes. game. There's no other way to say it, right. he was running free. And, uh, so th- that's the specific part of that game that I'm really looking forward to watching. Uh, cause Michigan's defense seems like they might be able to stop him if anybody can. Yeah, John, uh, for sure. Uh, Michigan's defense been pretty solid all year. Marvin Harrison, um, and he's, he's, a, he's the third or junior. Is he a junior? I can't remember if he's the third or, or junior. But uh, I'm not sure. Maybe beaten Georgia last year. He, in that he's game. a junior. Atlanta, he's a junior. He went out. Yeah, he's a junior, right? Yeah, so they pretty sure he went out of that game last year. They could have beaten Georgia with he, he stayed in the ball game. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, this is why we love having you on. You remember these important facts, uh, and that's exactly right. Uh, him going out of the game in that semifinal was uh, pretty massive, um, or to say the least. Or got closer on the field goal attempt, you know? No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, AP, we've come to the end of our second segment together. Uh, we still have a few more things to get to, which we'll do on the other side. So don't go anywhere. Birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Millions of people do not have children. Around the world, becoming a parent may be an unrealized dream and increasingly a deliberate choice. Yet our experiences remain largely unacknowledged across cultures, families, and friendships. 
unconscious bias in public and workplace policy, media narratives, and educational content often renders us invisible. New Legacy Radio reveals these missing stories through the perspectives of our community and allies as we work to achieve meaningful change that recognizes our true and diverse experiences. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. All who live face a time of passing. Is death the end or will souls enter an afterlife? Have you ever wondered about historical figures and what they would say if they were alive today? Psychics and authors Barry and Connie Strom will use their gift of spirit communication to answer questions and channel spirits concerning the hereafter. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Barry and Connie Strom at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify, as well as other platforms, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Eagles-Chiefs Super Bowl rematch. Uh, should be a great one, uh, to say the least. So what a great way to end the NFL weekend and AP, we had another great college football weekend, uh, games that stood out to me, uh, really the best game for me was the Washington, Oregon state game at Oregon state in a driving rain and Michael Pennock, he, the Washington quarterback, uh, they remained undefeated. Uh, they held on at the end to win it, and uh, Oregon State was game, and the crowd was great, despite the weather. But AP, so they're flip-flopping now. They're kind of at number four, at least in the coaches poll that I see. It'll be interesting to see who gets number four in the college football playoff. Where they, they've been flip-flopping a little bit with Washington, with between Washington and Florida State, Florida State's quarterback out for the season as we discussed in the previous segment. So it'll be interesting to see how that all pans out uh, with tomorrow's newest poll from the college football playoff committee. Yeah, John, it's going to be so much fun right to the end of the regular season for Washington and Oregon and Florida state. Um, It's going to be exceptional the uh, Alabama and Georgia and the SEC, Michigan, Ohio State in the Big Ten. 
Uh, and then they have to play their championship game. I guess that'll be against Iowa, right? I believe Iowa. Is that right? Um, Iowa is I, I, like, I think so. For the Big Ten championship, yeah, I, I think it might be Iowa's uh, would be the Big Ten West, uh, if they still call it that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. No, there, there, there's just – and this is, of course, rivalry week. Um, you know – Georgia, for instance, is playing Georgia Tech. AP, Georgia went in and just walloped Tennessee after Tennessee on the first play of the game had a 75-yard run for a touchdown, and Georgia took it from there. And AP, they are just looking scary ever since. They were surprisingly not named the number one team in the first college football playoff game. I don't think that's a coincidence. And to go in to Nayland Stadium – and do what they did. Uh, they're, they're just on a roll right now. They, they look practically unbeatable. It's their 28th SEC win in a row, tying the all-time record for wins in a row in the SEC. That's saying something. <laughs> um, yeah, they just they look amazing right now. And Brock Bowers is back. Yeah, yeah. With, with or without Brock Bowers, they're scoring about 40 points a game. Yep. Um, you know. Uh, they have talent at the wide receiver position, running backs, um, and they have uh, offensive line, which which helps you. Correct. Uh, correct. You know your quarterback protects your quarterback. Um, Absolutely. And you know defensively, they usually play well. They, I mean, they're not. They don't have a, a defense that's you can't score. I would. I wouldn't say that, but they'll they'll give themselves enough possessions more possessions than you probably uh, when they play their normal defense. And then you have to stop a 40 point offense. That's it. Which is frankly near impossible that they had a little bit, you know, some games with a little bit of trouble where they were actually behind, which even that gets your attention these days. They're, they're two time defending national champion, 28 wins in a row. I mean, we're talking dynasty here. If they win three in a row, it's been a while. If I'm not mistaken, I'm not, I believe maybe the last to do it was an Alabama team. You would know that better than me. Um, right, right. So, no, we're talking football, yeah. college football history here, uh, kind of on the line. Yes. And yeah. they're they're getting better. Yeah, three, That's my whole point. Yeah, three three in a row. I think it hasn't been done since, uh, was it a Minnesota team way back in the 30s or so, maybe something like that? It might have been AP. Yeah, no, it's been a while. And, I mean, they're flirting yeah, no, with that. Uh, yeah, I know that. Um, uh, I, I know Alabama has a number of t- a number of times um, in their history in the mid '60s. You know, John, it was '64 they won with Joe Namath uh, because they gave the trophy out before they played Texas in the Orange Bowl, where they were outside. That was the first Orange Bowl on um, televised at night. I, I believe it was. Uh, I think, and then they then they p- played uh, Nebraska and beat them. In the Orange Bowl, then next year was Steve Sloan. Uh, then the next year they were undefeated and had a fabulous defense. And uh, with Kenny Stabler and Notre Dame and Michigan State, a tie, they gave the championship to Notre Dame. So that was one time Alabama had an opportunity. The other time right. was the 77, 78, 79 era, where in yep. 77 they were ranked maybe 
third or so, and Notre Dame was number five. Texas was the number one. Earl Campbell and company. Notre Dame right. went down to the Cotton Bowl, beat them 38 to 10. Uh, Oklahoma was upset. They were number two, I believe, by Arkansas. Arkansas was without three players, and the Orange Bowl 31 to six. And Notre Dame went from five to one. They jumped. Not only did they jump Alabama, but they also jumped Arkansas. So they could have won in 77. They ended up splitting the tie in the uh, championship in 78 with USC. And then 79, they were undefeated. They won it out. 79, they won it all right. So there was another time they could have won. Right. And I think it was another time in the Nick Saban era as well. So, yeah. Right. In 79, they beat Penn State in the, or- in the Sugar Bowl. The famous. Sugar Bowl, 78 team beat, beat Mike Gooman. Uh, Penn State, right. Mike Penn State. Going two times over the top, right. Exactly, exactly right. Goal line stand. Uh, well, AP, it's going to be, you know, fascinating to watch, to say the least. Um, and why don't we just stick with Alabama here in the final minute of this show. Alabama uh, right now is playing some seriously good ball. And AP, depending on how yeah. it pans out, if they meet Georgia in the SEC title game, they're playing great. Yes, they'll be in the title game, yes. They're a hot team, and that could they could get into yeah. the college football playoff and kind of come for by Alabama standards, kind of come out of nowhere to win it all. I mean, they're playing maybe the best ball in the country right now, this side of Georgia. Looking at all the teams, maybe so. I mean, you have to you can't discount Michigan. I would say no, they're as well. a lot, right, and Oregon is playing well. They have the one loss now, like Alabama, same thing. Uh, oh, I think great. Oregon's pretty hot with Bo Nix throwing oh, six absolutely. touchdowns again, I think it was. Uh, sure but did. Alabama's team, I think they have a lot of confidence, John. They do. And you know they have talent. There's talent, and, and they've kind of emerged. Some of these wide receivers are playing much better than they did last year and at the start of this season. And you benched your quarterback. Think about that, John. People, if, you know, all these people, you're, you're out there, and Nick Saban himself saying there's naysayers. Well, we were not the ones who benched your, their, your quarterback. You did. <laughs> right. You benched your own quarterback. That wasn't anybody, any naysayer. That was you. So <laughs> this idea you're going to flip the story and say there's naysayers. You were the one who was the naysayer. You benched your own quarterback. AP, you, as always, sum it up perfectly, and uh, it's going to be fun to watch. We're getting into the good stuff, AP, and I really appreciate you calling in. As always, great show today, and I think they're about to get much, much even even better here in the next few weeks because we, we're getting into uh, the heart of the college football season here, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, absolutely, John. Yeah, it's been great, and it'll be a lot of fun to watch these games, especially on rivalry weekend and uh, the championships following the following uh, weekend as well. Coming down the home stretch, AP, I want to thank you again for calling in. Oh, thank you, John. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks again. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.